Hello, DLC patrons and listeners. I'm not usually in your feed on this day, but I got some special bonus content for you. Christian and I decided to team up with Dave Chen from youtube.com slash Dave Chensky and Peter Serretta from the Ordinary Adventures YouTube channel to talk about the big VR AR announcement from Apple, or as they're calling it, the spatial computing announcement. It is uh, the Vision Pro. So here is our episode. Dave is going to kick it off, and we have a wide-ranging discussion recorded just moments after the Worldwide Developer Conference keynote completed. I hope you enjoy it, and thank you for listening to DLC. Hello, everyone. It's me, David Chen, on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Chensky, but doing a DLC crossover today because it's a very special day uh, not only dlc crossover ordinary adventures in dlc crossover here with me today to talk about a momentous announcement from apple at worldwide developer conference 2023 uh i want to say hello to jeff canada my partner in crime on the filmcast jeff how are you doing today i am doing pretty darn good this is like the avengers of of post <laughs> announcement <laughs> podcasting so true so true joining me also is christian spicer from DLC and also my uh, sometimes co-host on Decoding TV, Christian. Good morning, sir. Good morning. My wallet is uh, already lighter, um, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> that's because Dave charges for these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, in case you didn't know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I don't get paid. I pay him. <laughs> <laughs> joining, us, joining us also, he is the co-host of the Ordinary Adventures YouTube channel, Peter Serretta. Peter, thanks, thanks for having me, Dave. Uh, always love to have your uh, your expertise and your uh, your opinions about Apple stuff because you are hard into the Apple ecosystem as I am, Peter. So uh, lots to discuss today. All right. Well, so I, yeah, I remember okay. before we you would actually do these live streams. You just call me and we just talk <laughs> for like a half an hour after a keynote, <laughs> like geeking out. Now now people get to hear the. The phone yeah, call. now oh, it's like, content. why why, why would I have a private conversation when I can <laughs> turn that into content that can be monetized? It makes no sense, guys. Wasting so, your time. <laughs> it's such a waste of time. All right, so uh, we're all here today. This is this is going to appear on my YouTube channel. If you want to watch the, uh, the video version, go to youtube.com slash Dave Chensky. But if you want to listen to it, the podcast version, head over to the DLC podcast, wherever podcasts can be downloaded. Jeff Kanata, we're here because Apple today announced Vision Pro a new headset, but also a way of program, like a new kind of, I guess, paradigm of uh, computer programming. Uh, Jeff, take it away. What were kind of your expectations today and how well do you think Apple delivered on them? Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited that we could congregate and do this. We're talking immediately after the conclusion of the Worldwide Developer Conference keynote, uh, which was quite long, well over an hour, almost an hour and a half. Two, and, two hours, um, two hours, I think, right? Was Hopefully? it two hours? My goodness, yeah. time flies when you're hearing about sticker emojis. <laughs> but, um, and I'm so <laughs> pleased to be able to, to share this with the DLC audience because next week, uh, Summer Games Fest starts. We have the uh, Xbox conference. We have all kinds of stuff happening. And I, it just felt like there's going to be too much stuff to talk about. So I'm glad to be talking with you guys about it. And I'm glad that the DLC audience is going to hear this in, in the main feed. But, Let's talk about the uh, the Vision Pro because I think one of the smartest things that Apple has done here, and they have done it many times over the years, is really redefine 
a space that has already been filled with products. They are late to the game, but when they arrive, they decide that there is a completely new market. And you did not hear them use the term VR. You did not hear them use the term AI. You did not hear that you use the term metaverse. None of those tired old albatrosses of phrasings were you were uttered once by by Apple. They are wise enough to understand there's baggage with all that stuff. There's preconceived notions with all that stuff. So they talked about machine learning instead of AI, and they specifically called this spatial computing, which I think is very wise. And it's it's kind of the Apple playbook of, hey, when we arrive on the scene, we're the first ones here. <laughs> no matter how late we get here, we are the first ones here. And uh, I think, first of all, that was, I think, of note and really interesting. I wonder how each of you uh, feels about this announcement. Christian, what is your take on the Vision Pro from a, from a macro, no pun intended, uh, view? Do you think this, it feels to me like one of those moments that has not happened in many years. It used to happen all the time with Apple keynotes, where it felt like, something really, truly magical and revolutionary was unveiled. And in recent years, it's been small iterations and nothing that felt so impactful, like the old days when we used to get things that changed the world. And it feels like to me, the world changed today. But am I overstating it, Christian Spicer? I agree with you. I think the first hour and a half or whatever it was of this press conference was that, where it was like, all that stuff seems cool and interesting, but also overwhelming. And how am I going to use it? When am I going to use it? Am I going to have to share this with my brother so that they can use it so that we're all on the right thing and we're collaborating via this PDF, but I have an M1 and they have a, and it just became noise. And then they did their one more thing that was this Vision Pro. And this was another, this was a beefy lengthy one more thing presentation. And I do think it is, I mean, we've talked about this on, on DLC over the years, but I do think that this showed for the first time, a transformative step in, um, personal devices. And I texted you the idea of, you know, before people would carry their boom box with them everywhere, cause you'd have your music wherever you went. And it was this thing on your shoulder. And then it was the headphones around your neck, like those thin on the Walkman headphones with like the uh, orange or yellow or pink, like styrofoam covers, you know, and you had that, then you had the fancier headphones around your necks. And then people had their phones with them all the time. And this was the first presentation of a AR VR device or spatial computer that I could see the future where people have these with them all the time, you know, either on above their forehead, like you would ski goggles when you're, in, you know, in the lodge or something like that, or around their neck when not in active use. And I think they they solved a lot of the problems that we have talked about on DLC over the years or presented their case for the solution of a lot of problems, not requiring controllers to which there are pros and cons, but also having it be mostly this, you can see the real world at all times device and you choose using the digital crown to isolate yourself and also other people can see if you can see them. I think those are huge huge solves that go a long way in making this a mainstream um, category. And I also think somewhat my own personal bias here, but I think that Apple's security and commitment to security over the years goes a long way in making people feel comfortable using this device for how much it has the potential to know about you, your surroundings and what you're doing. I think it's transformative. It was interesting how much they 
spent, how much time they spent on ensuring people felt like, oh, we're not tracking your eyeballs. We're not tracking, all that stuff is, and I think Apple's efforts through the years in establishing themselves as a trusted place where you can keep your data and it won't be shared and it won't, it won't be given to the government, et cetera, you know, is, is time well spent and energy well spent because people want to know that that's the case, especially with something they're going to wear on their face all the time. Peter Serretta, yes. you're an Apple, Apple fan. Your boy, Bob Iger was on stage too. I know, I know, I know. I, I got so excited. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm a person like, well, Jeff has been so excited about VR for years. I've been the person like VR is not the future. AR is the future. So when a we found out Apple was going to announce this, this headset, I was like so excited because, you know, I am an Apple fanboy. I, I think AR is going to literally transform our lives in a huge component. And uh, I was just so in from the beginning of the, this presentation. And then I was kind of disappointed. I, I, let me say this first off. I'm probably going to buy one. Probably going to buy one. <laughs> oh, uh, you were disappointed by the price. That's where you were disappointed. Yeah. Got it. Okay, got it. No, it's not the price. Um, AR to me feels like it's a thing that's supposed to take up your 3D space. And this thing is like these 2D tiles. It's like putting monitors all around your house that are virtual monitors. Like if I want to talk to Dave – in AR, I want to see, I want him to be across the table from me. I want to be able to walk around and us have a conversation. I don't want to be like talking to another monitor in my house, but I'm guessing this is like, you know, you look at gen one of the iPhone and you look at what the iPhone is now. And I, I'm guessing this is a way to get people comfortable. And also like, you know, this one's going to be the prosumer. This is going to be the early adopter. Uh, people that can afford to pay $3,500 for a unit, uh, developers. And I, I guess in the next unit or the one after that, they'll probably start introducing that kind of stuff because they already have that like FaceTime thing where it like scans your face and it makes you 3D. So why not? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I think that if you have the headset and I have the headset and we FaceTime, I think it is going to be what you're talking about is, is these fully three-dimensional heads uh, yeah. in three-dimensional space hovering there in front of us. Uh, yeah. It's just talking to a person on a normal camera that will look like a two-dimensional screen in your house. Um, but it, you, I think you you're right. A, I do think... you guys see a Project Starline? Do you guys see that Google Project Starline thing that MKB oh, yeah. posted about? So there's this project Google's working on where it's like a screen with cameras oh, yes. next to it. Yes. And it like scans your face. And then when you're talking to someone through a screen, it's as like when you move your head, it's as though yeah. they're actually there. Um, and so it seems like Apple's doing some version of that with Vision Pro. It seems, from what they showed, to be much cruder than what Project Starline is. But yeah. I do think that is the future of like telepresence, where you know you're talking to someone in VR, AR, Project Starline, whatever, and it it feels like they are directly across from you. Um, the the models they showed in the presentation felt pretty crude to me. Like yes. they showed a guy scanning his own face, and then I was like, oh, this is so cool. Then they show the guy's face, and I'm like. Uh, I think it still needs a little. It looks like a PS3 avatar, you know, still kind yeah. of. I think so. Yeah, it's, anyway, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's yeah. Have a conversation inside the uncanny valley a bit. Exactly, um, exactly. And honestly, that was the one moment in the whole presentation where I was like, "This is going to creep yeah. people out." Yeah, it's you know? like not. This quite, is a creepy. But, but you can imagine, Jeff, if it was photorealistic, it would be amazing, yes. right? Like, and we're not day. far away from that. It's going to yeah. be that. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think you're exactly. absolutely right, Peter, to point out that this is the Gen One version of this that's only going to get better from here and we should also keep in mind this was 
was unveiled at the developers conference. The point of this was, hey, developers, get started. Like, we don't know what you're going to do with this device, but get working. And I think it's a great comparison to when the iPhone was launched because it's it's very easy for people to not recall <laughs> that <laughs> when the iPhone was launched, it didn't do anything. It was it had very few actual applications. And I mean, I don't mean apps, but that was also true. I mean, literally things it could do. <laughs> like it couldn't do very much. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And, and that, Je- Jeff's not you know, a huge fan of visual voicemail, apparently. But, but also, <laughs> but also uh, in terms of price, like a lot of people are freaking out over the price of this 3500 I obviously early adopter developer. But when the iPhone came out, it was, I think, $600 it started at. And that doesn't sound like a lot today, but that was at a time where 90% of cell phones were free. <laughs> right. You signed up. You know what I mean? You signed up to a carrier yeah, yeah. deal, and it was free. And they were like, "Pay six hundred dollars." And people were like, "No one's going to pay six hundred dollars for an iPhone." And then people forget. Like every time this happens, they announce an iPad. Everybody's making you know jokes about the name, and no one's going to want this. And then everybody has an iPad, so everybody's oh, going to have this. These are a hundred percent selling out. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, and it's a bummer to me. They're not. It looks like it's not happening until twenty twenty four. So we don't even know when pre-orders or orders will happen. I'm ready to buy one now too. It, the The price did hit me hard. I We had heard leading up to it about $3,000. I was like, I had convinced myself going in that they were going to hit under that. Like they'd Jeff, Jeff the had steeled himself for, for yeah, 3000 I was like, they floated the 3K number so that, that when they come in at like 2400 it feels cheap. Yeah. You know, it's like, it feels like <laughs> they, a deal. They did They did do a similar thing when iPad, like first iPad came out. Like the, people were like, oh, that's going to be $800, $1,000. They come in at $500 and that was like yeah. a really big yeah, move. People are like, oh, oh my God. Like, they were all we shocked. Thought. Right, yeah. exactly. No, this but was that's... more than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> it, when, I, when I saw that number on the screen, I was like, oh, Nelly. Oh, Nelly. But, uh, and yeah. I think that will be a huge impediment, right? But I, I do think things, things are going to sell out. Um, Dave, I want to hear your thoughts, uh, your overall thoughts on it, because, you know, I'm, we're, this is all happening in real time. I tweeted out a bunch of enthusiasm. Uh, and I'm getting a lot of negativity back to me. I shouldn't be surprised. It is the internet. It is uh, Twitter, whatever Twitter is now. But I uh-huh. I felt like this really did feel like the magic of old, where uh, Apple is presenting a vision of the future that nobody else is presenting and and highlighting it, highlighting features that nobody else on the market is is even suggesting at this point. It did. It really felt to me like a transformative moment, and I wonder if you felt that way. Well, first of all, uh, as we've already discussed, we're broadcasting this live on YouTube, so we do have comments that we might might get to. And I okay. want to acknowledge DC Santa Clara says about the price of the Vision Pro. That's only nine dollars and sixty cents a day for a year. <laughs> Which, there you uh, go, a day there, for there a year. Uh, I would like it. to point out that you know we just had the uh, the announcement of the Meta Quest Three. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is seven MetaQuest threes. <laughs> well, yeah, just because the MetaQuest three subsidizes their price by selling all of your data. Mm. Well, <laughs> yes, but Indeed. I don't know. I don't think that gives Apple a pass. Yeah, is, would you, would you <laughs> yeah. rather have? Would you rather have your data being private or seven MetaQuest threes? Is the question. Right? Um, private, hundred so- <laughs> percent private. So uh, okay, Jeff, uh, I, I have a lot of uh, I'll, I have a lot of different 
conflicting emotions about this whole thing. Um, I'll share, let's say, two or three because we want to. I want to get to everyone else's thoughts on, on other other use cases. Um, just as an FYI, I was uh, a part of the marketing team that announced Microsoft Hololens way back in the day. That's Microsoft's AR headset. Um, have a lot of affection for Microsoft and their efforts in AR. So just I want people to know yeah. uh, as a disclosure. Um, it, 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 it crawled so Apple could run, right? Perhaps. One might say, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say that. One might say that. I wouldn't say that. I think that the question about AR in general that every company is facing is um, when is the technology good enough to try to announce a product? And there's no, no one's going to come and call, give you a call and say, oh, the public is ready now. Get ready to do, you know, you can do it now. No one's going <laughs> to yeah. call you and tell you that. So like every company has tried to come in when they think it is right. And Apple has come in at this time. Um, they've chosen this time. And we don't know if they are going to be proven correct or not. Uh, there are things about Vision Pro that I'm sure they don't like. It has a cable connecting the headset to a battery oh. pack. That is... I- extremely unapple like right like i wondered how much debate there was about that, how how yeah. much effort there was to prevent that and i i even said when i was i was on with some friends as we were all watching it together i said there is no universe where steve jobs would have allowed a cable <laughs> in this product yeah. i don't know about allowed but he definitely would have been extremely unhappy with it you he know? would not have allowed it to be a <laughs> debut with that feat like he it would just it's so well but I, I don't know. I think, I think to be fair, sorry, I, I think to be fair, it's perhaps a limitation of the technology as it exists today. And Apple, yeah. way back when under Steve Jobs, made that cable a marketing point of their headphones. You had a mm. cabled thing to your pocket and they made this white cable and these white cheap earbuds a fashion icon. Yeah. And if anyone can make a tethered little cable, a fashion icon with its MagSafe connectivity, people have belts of a hundred cables or whatever it is as they attach to expand their battery life. I think Apple can do it. And so I think to say that Steve Jobs wouldn't have allowed this, I think Steve Jobs inventions or inventions at Apple under Steve Jobs leaderships were often technologically constrained. And looking back on them, I think we give them more grace than they perhaps should be entitled to. He also launched the iPhone without 3G connectivity, right? I mean, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of examples. Yeah, like yeah but that I, wasn't I, an ugly cable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's, it's a fair point. It's a fair point, Christian. But to be fair, people have been using headphones for, I'm going to say, 100 years. And there has never been, or there has only been ugly cables running from headsets into side packs or computers for like 10 years or however long quest has been around, you know, uh, yeah. Oculus quest has been around. So, uh, so every company has needed to decide like, what is the right time to get in the industry? And Apple decided, Hey, look, we don't love the cable. We don't love how big and bulky the headset is, but like, uh, this is the time because, uh, they, they believe like, Hey, it's going to get better at a rate that one day it will be a mass adoption product. On that note, I am, uh, I am surprised by how uh, how heavily they, I was going to say overpromised, but that's not. I don't. We don't know what it is yet. Uh, I'll say that they really are setting expectations high. That's what I mean to say. Like they're setting expectations high for the product. Um, it, they're, they're setting expectations high to a point where I think few products have actually achieved. Actually, I don't think any products have achieved like what they are describing they can do with this product. Right, like. Um, which is to say a seamless blend of reality and the augmented reality. 
high quality 4K esque video that you can watch and be like it. It will feel like is its own screen. Yeah. And as as somebody who again was involved with Hololens, one of the things that is really challenging to show is a what it looks like, you know, because you can't replicate what the 3D environment is. But also, when you are in the headset, there's a lot of things that you don't see in the commercial, like your peripheral vision is completely surrounded. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, images may only occupy some subset of your your viewing field. And so it's like, it, it's, the, and so I was thinking, oh, I, I was thinking, look, Apple's going to be like very like refined and sophisticated about explaining all the technology, but they're not going to overpromise because I don't know that the technology can deliver, right? But they were really, they really went, like hard at it, and they're like, "Hey, this is going to be incredible. It's going to change the way you work. It's going to change the way you FaceTime. It's going to change the way you watch movies." And I'm just like, uh, "I don't know." Like, I, f- I felt like they were going to be much more understated, but instead, they're really selling it hard, in my opinion. And I, w- it remains to be seen whether the final product can actually deliver on that. But I am well, I'm they, skeptical. I'm skeptical. Our, yeah. You know, our colleague uh, Devinder Hardwar is boots on the ground for us. Yep. I can't wait to hear. He supposedly is going to be able to yeah. actually use this thing for Engadget. Yes. So I'm wow. very, very curious what his impression of it is. But I'm inclined to believe that the, the difference between this device and every other VR headset uh, that has ever been released, and I have used many of them, is the, the screens, <laughs> right? The, the, the displays... The fact that they they are, uh, and I think that's part of the reason that the price tag is so high on this thing, is that it. my instinct for it, and again, remains to be seen, could be wrong about this, but my intuition is that because it is so, the pixel density is so, uh, so high and the resolution is so high that it, it really is going to feel like you're looking out a window. Uh, when you're looking at, you know, the world around you and then layering on very high fidelity graphics on top of that, even if they're 2D screens, you know, they kept talking about how even even reading small text is going to be uh, effortless and natural clarity. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's something that's not the case with I mean, the PSVR two is as closest that I've seen to it personally. And it's still not great, right? It's usable. uh I can read the text in Gran Turismo seven. But I'd prefer not to. I'd prefer to look at it on a you know regular screen. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I yeah. think that 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 level of fidelity is what I think is going to be so transformative about this. People have already talked about the Quest Three's you know uh, pass through. It's it's full color video where it's showing you the world, but you're looking at a video representation, a three D video yeah. rep- representation of the world around you. And those screens are not better. They're basically Quest 2 screens. And But people are already raving about how that feels and how that looks. And you do that at an order of magnitude, higher fidelity. I think that is why they are promising. Yeah, I, I think if they can achieve what they describe in this video, I want one, you know. But I'm 100%. very I'm very skeptical because it is very easy to make a VR demo that looks really good. Like, just look at Magic Leap, okay? Magic Leap, the best example. If you look at all their advertising videos, they're like, whoa, a whale, a a blue whale coming out of the floor and splashing into it. It's amazing. And then the final product is like nothing even close to that. So I was surprised after seeing tons of uh, VR companies overpromise 
that they are really going strong with like, here's what I can do. I, I just want to mention two quick things that I really liked about the presentation. Uh, one is prescription glasses for VR. I mean, mm. game changer yeah. for me. Like, it's just like, it, it, and they even acknowledge it in the presentation. That early on in the presentation, they gave a thing about vision. They're like, did you know that 30% of the world suffers from myopia? And by 2050, it's going to be over 50%. And it's like... Because of the this, products that we've made. <laughs> <laughs> and despite the fact that that's true... Uh, no VR companies have like thought about, hey, what's the glasses experience like? PSVR being an ex- exception. That, that's well, like, HTC's new one has has uh, diopters that you can. Nice. Uh, I, nice. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, it's like they they clearly are designing this for everyone. They they like they want this to be a mass market product that anyone, even if you have glasses, it's, it's not just for the super nerds among us with twenty twenty vision. Uh, it's for yeah. everyone. Um, so yeah, you don't need I, to layer on the price of LASIK on top of your <laughs> headset yeah. purchase. <laughs> My, the, the most compelling use case that I saw during the presentation was when they show a woman on a plane and you hear like a baby crying and you hear like the jet engine around you and she puts this thing on and she dials yeah. that thing. I don't know. It's, it, it's a thing where it's like a super fancy 3D wallpaper that goes around you. I don't remember what they had a name for it, but and she yeah. kind of goes into this other world. They can watch everything everywhere all at once. Um, without hearing the baby crying as loudly. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's even, again, she's not wearing headphones. So it's like, how is it, how does that even work? But okay. Um, well, on I'm, the plane, they showed them with the, air, earbuds. Oh, okay. In. She has earbuds. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so if, if it can achieve that, if it can make you feel like you're in a different place um, in a way that, you know, existing VR headsets can't, then I, then I agree with you, Jeff. Like, this is the day that it changed. That's why I was so glad to be able to get us on the call because it's like maybe we'll <laughs> yeah. look back on this in five to ten years and be like, that was the day when it all changed. When when like someone so. cracked the code of ARVR. Oh, one the, the other thing I was going to say is um, they really emphasized how important it is to be present with other people. Like yes. they they don't want this to be a barrier between you and the outside world or other people. Right. All the demonstrations have like someone coming here i'm gonna hand you a card i'm gonna kick you a ball daddy like you know like there's someone interacting with someone that's outside the headset which is not something that any other headset has advertised as like a major feature uh, other than microsoft elements right yeah super important because that sense of isolation christian you and i have talked about on dlc all the time is that part of i think the off-putting thing for for mainstream users of these things is oh i'm vulnerable I'm isolated. I'm in this place. People can come up and mess with me inside the headset or I can bump into things and like that, that just that tech of like, Oh, if a human being comes in, we'll bring them into your virtual environment. That's feels like a huge, huge differentiator already. And also for that cinema screen thing, which I think they advertised pretty compellingly. (laughs) Like I, I think I texted you, Jeff, this idea of we won't even own, we'll go into houses and houses won't have huge monitors on their walls anymore. Like we all do at these huge, massive TVs. Cause if you, if this headset adoption becomes what, you know, Apple and these companies want it to be, cause I've watched movies in my PSVR two and it's, it's fun. It's pretty cool to have this huge screen. And I did it on old Oculus headsets before and the fidelity wasn't quite there. And PSVR two with its OLED, I think is a, it's a pretty compelling way to watch something, but I can't sit and eat popcorn you can't drink anything. You can't do a lot of the things that I would otherwise be doing when I am watching something at the movie theater or at my home. And what the Vision Pro, what Apple's selling was this idea of you can still do all those things because you can still see all that. It will dim your yeah. outside 
world, but you can still see your popcorn, see your drink, see if someone sits next to you. And I think that makes this super compelling. Like they've been laying the groundwork, it feels like for this, uh, 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 many steps, many small steps along the way. Custom silicon, fanless design, um, you know, lightweight computing, spatial audio, share play. So that if we external are this- external battery packs, <laughs> external <laughs> battery packs. that has been introduced recently. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like I, I do have world- a question. I have a question for you guys because, and by the way, that the seeing movies on a big screen, especially 3D movies, and being able to experience yes. like Avatar two at home, amazing. I'm excited for that. A- Avatar two but- prominently referenced in the uh, in the I- app presentation. <laughs> What's anyway. crazy that two things about that real quick before you continue, uh, yeah. Peter. It, the, crazy about that is a. PSVR 2 will not let you watch a 3D movie in 3D inside it. It does not support that feature, and they say they have no plans to support it. I love that Apple is like, hey, 3D movies is still a thing, and you can watch them, and it'll envelop you, and do it inside our headset. I love that. And secondly, how are you going to watch Avatar 2 when the battery is only two hours? (laughs) (laughs) You got to be plugged in. I guess. I guess. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Peter. But um, the thing I wanted to ask you guys, because you guys keep on comparing this to VR, and I, you know, my only experience with VR was the Oculus One or whatever. Um, I'm not a gamer, um, and I, I'm assuming Mac's not going to have good enough games for you guys to, to have fun in VR gaming. So my question to you, and, and this is as someone who's excited about this and wants to buy it, what problem does this solve for a consumer? It's an excellent and I, question. I, I don't have an answer to that. Like, I really don't have an answer. Like, uh, it solves the problem. Like, I won't have to have a TV on my wall. I guess, maybe. Yeah, it's an I excellent mean, question. But I also think that you could have asked that question when the iPhone was released, right? And I think that what we haven't seen how developers are going to take this and run with it in ways that they haven't with previous headsets. I think there are going to be incredibly powerful, compelling things that we don't even know, uh, you know, are, are, are thi- I, but I feel like when the I, when Steve Jobs got on, on the, uh, on the keynote for the iPhone, he was like, we need to go to the sushi place. He puts the sushi place in, calls it, gets directions. You saw the direct, this was at a time where you had to print out map quest directions on like paper. Yeah. Like, it, like there was compelling use cases of like what problems this solves. And here it's like, oh, it solves me getting rid of my monitor or it I, solves I think it's bigger um, than that, Peter. I, I think it's solved. It's a heads up display. And it, so it's, it solves all of the problems of delivering information to a user while keeping their hands free and also allowing them to hopefully be aware of the external um, senses and forces that are relevant to them while also being able to be immersed. It's like what they showed at their desktop. You can have this picture up and you can have all this thing and you have a sports score. You can have the game replay down below you. But you, so yeah. you can have all of that stuff exist in your world without you needing to make the conscious decision to pull it up and to seek it out and it can just coexist and i don't know if that's solving a problem per se but i think it is something that is extremely additive um and and brings something new to the world that we don't currently have with us all the time yeah yeah i mean to put it another way i think i think perhaps it's a new paradigm in that computing has been a thing you go to 
and it is presented to you on these flat surfaces. And I can go to my pocket and have the information presented to me on a flat surface. I can go to my desktop and have it presented to me on a flat surface. I can open my laptop and have it presented to me. Instead of this vision of it is always accessible to you all the time and it exists in the world alongside you. There is no need to access a specific device to get that information. It is just always present alongside all the yeah. other things in your life. And yeah. I think that's pretty I think compelling. The, I think the other thing that disappointed me, AR to me feels like it should be a thing where we're going outside with it. And like Dave said, like one of the most compelling things was in, in the airplane. I agree. Uh, but like it should be like, you know, I'm outside and I want to get directions to the sushi place and the golden road opens up in front of me and I just follow the golden road or I come up to Dave and uh, his birthday comes up next to his face. And, but yeah. it's not going to do like, I don't know. I, I guess a lot of things I'm excited about for AR aren't quite here, but I understand this is gen one is my, I think that that's of- all trivial, right? That's all. I mean, a developer could make the apps you mentioned tomorrow that work. Yeah. The problem, I don't think the tech is there. I don't think the tech is there yet to do all the stuff that Peter is describing. Why not? Why seen. wouldn't it be? I just don't think it's, um, I don't think it's uh, autonomous like, enough to be out in the world. It's not. Yeah, it's not a, like I don't think what they showed today is something that is going to be super easy to wear out. Like if I'm taking a walk with my dog, I don't think it's going to be super easy to wear that out into the world. Pers- personally, did they? I, I don't, I, I, that's the vision. Did they say that's cellular connection. In GPS, they didn't mention they cellular. Or I don't. They didn't mention that stuff at all. Yeah, they didn't mention no. cellular, and and all. I'm looking at the video now. Like 99 percent of the instances of them showing this object are at home. Now, I think that's what I'm saying is, is Jeff. In the future, you know, yeah. the glasses will be like this. You know, the thickness of my glasses that I'm wearing right now, and they'll be able to do all that stuff. But right now, it's a bulky headset with a cable that attaches to a battery. It's mostly for use at home, um, and so the tech is not quite there yet. So, Peter, it's like. But they wanted to start somewhere, right? And they're like, "This is where we're going to start. This is kind of their yeah. their starting point." But but I agree with Peter in the sense that, and I I, I share Peter's confusion, and less I, I'm less aligned with Christian and Jeff on this in the sense that, um, I don't know that the consumer case is that strong. We have some comments in here. Uh, in the chat of uh, Lucky Dog Podcast says, I think this is perfect for remote working, removes monitors and TVs from the space, right? So you can imagine a situation where like, hey, I am a remote worker. I need to go to a place and I I, I don't want to buy 18 monitors and computers. So instead I put this on and I have like access to all of my stuff. But that's like a very enterprise business focused uh, Mm -hmm. solution. But but that's not we, that's we, not how yeah that's not how Apple's positioning. If they were like this is for business workers to do their businessy things, I'd be like, oh well, I, that makes sense. They're going to sell like five thousand of these, and that will be a big success. But or a million of these, and that'll be a big big success. But it's like they're like they want you as a consumer to buy it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I'm a little bit like. Ooh, I don't know that there's going to be enough people that feel like I don't want to have a screen uh, that I've had for my entire life. To mm-hmm. want to replace it with a digital screen instead, you know what I'm saying? Like even in the way that Christian and Jeff you described it, it's like that's cool. Like uh, you and me, like people on this call think that's cool, but like I don't know that most people find that super compelling. You know? Um, yeah, I think that's a fair point, and I and I I think even more than that, the biggest limiter is that it's got a two hour battery life. That is mm-hmm. extremely limiting for any yeah. kind of out in the world application. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah can't help but look at their vision of how this thing works, which is walking around with it, interacting in your life normally with this thing on your face. And 
the whole, I think it's, it is a genius move to understand that in order for these to be adopted, we have to be able to see the eyes of the people inside it. I think mm-hmm. that is one of those things that separates Apple from everybody else is understanding that and going, the, you have to be able to know if someone is looking at you or not looking at you, if you're going to be able to wear these just in casual life. And I think that's a pretty genius solution. I'm very curious to see how that looks in real life. Them talking about how, you know, it works from any angle. It like knows which angle you're looking at it. And, and cause you're not looking at their actual eyes. You're looking at a, a representation of their eyes. But so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that I think their vision of this thing, this, their vision of the vision is to have it be a, an accessory that's on you more than it's not on you. And whether that is the today version or next iteration or the one after that or the one after that, I have a hard time not imagining that my kids and the generation of my, I have a five-year-old and a six-year-old that they're going to think that this is completely normal in the way that we think walking around with phones is completely normal, that it just, it's just going to be part of their everyday life that they have these ski goggles on their face and they're interacting with each other. And there's, I just, I, I just can't imagine that the world is not going to be there in five or 10 years. I, I mean, I think that that I agree with you that that is the vision. I don't know that I'd use five or 10 years as my, like add a zero onto that. And I feel like maybe because there, you think it's going to take 50 years. We have, we have literally been talking no about VR for like, literally VR has been in our lives for 30 years. Right. And it has only advanced to the point now where like, Hey, we're having good, like gaming experiences on it. I just don't know that the tech is going to get there fast enough. Um, but I agree with you on the vision. I agree with you on the vision. Um, Couple of other uh, bips and bops I wanted to bring up from the presentation, if that's cool. First of all, we got our first look at the Napoleon footage, guys. Do you see Joaquin that was Phoenix? Funny. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix and Napo- uh, Ridley Scott's yeah. Napoleon. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, also, Master of Air, I think, was also uh, Masters of the Air was also shown briefly. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious. What did you guys think of the um, the Bob Iger presentation? Because to me, that was almost complete nonsense and what i mean by that was it was like bob Iger shows up and he's like here's all the stuff we were dreaming up and then it's just like a bunch of random stuff that i believe 10 percent of it is ever gonna even come close to production um it was just kind of them like iterating on what yeah. it might be but I don't, I don't know that it's ever gonna be real i mean <laughs> it, it felt like a video game cutscene at e3 basically like you know the game is not gonna look like this Do you know what i'm saying that was my reaction but peter and jeff i'm curious you know what you guys think the sports thing seemed like the only compelling thing to me, and I don't even watch sports. But like, how is watching The Mandalorian on Tatooine really get? I don't know. It, it's cool. It, like, I'll do it. <laughs> so like, but th- does it really? Like, Show me that... what idiot would do that. I mean, other than me. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't expect like they showed an instance where you could look up a Star Wars planet that was in like the show. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Jeff, did it look compelling? Did it look realistic? Because I was just like, this is not. We're not going to see any of it. You know, like that's that was my reaction. But maybe I'm too jaded I, by these things. I guarantee you, you will see environments. Uh, themed environments sure. for your show of choice. You know, yeah. you will, I Absolutely. guarantee you, there's going to be the, yeah, there's going to be the themed environment on, on Apple TV plus. You're going to be sitting inside the, the severance office, watching severance, you know, it's, it's all going to be mm, yeah. 
hundred percent that's going to happen. That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree whether or not people think that's worthwhile is another issue entirely, but I, I, I don't think that's just them, you know, yeah, not, not that part, not head. that part, but they just threw like all these different use cases. Like here's like yeah. 18 screens while you're watching the football game. It's like, why don't you have it? I don't even want this many screens, you know, like that was people funny. build those in their house. They, <laughs> yeah. people sport, huge sports fans are like, I want to watch all the games yeah. at once. They have the, you know, I think that's fair. That's fair. I they also have showing... like 10 people over to like do it and do fantasy f- football and stuff again. You're not going to have 10 people over while wearing helmets, uh, wearing the headsets, mm-hmm. right? Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, uh, I don't know. To- I, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Jeff. Did you, Peter, did you not, you not thought, did you not think that uh, Iger's section was not uh, compelling for the average view? I thought, I thought that was kind of a masterstroke of, bringing Disney out to be like, hey, yeah. mainstream audience, this is the future of consuming mainstream entertainment. I mean, I was excited. Bob Iger is such a great speaker. Me and uh, Dave were texting back and forth about I, I texted Peter. I was like, man, Bob Iger has a good voice. That's <laughs> so a good awesome. speaking voice, yeah. right? That dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just feel like nothing they showed was really that compelling for me other than Disney content being there on day one, which would, you would yeah. assume it would have to be already but um i don't know i i I don't know i i I am excited i I wish there was more of like the transform your space stuff that they kind of hinted at like you could turn your house into you know you're on a mountain or whatever like like i wish there was more of that i wish there was more of like i could decorate my space with like virtual things i could put like a clock on my wall you know a map over here showing where uh you know, Kitra is, and she's out getting groceries and can see, you know, her path, yeah. like stuff like that. Like it just felt like a lot of 2d. Um, well, they, they actually had a, a very small amount of actual applications on display. Right. I kind of yeah. felt like this wasn't, that wasn't what this was about. It, they weren't yeah. showing what the apps are that this thing is going to launch with. They weren't showing, they weren't showing yeah. games. They weren't showing they were just kind the of games they did show yeah, were they did flat show games. screen games yeah. played, right. but they didn't show yeah, any specific like any specific like 3D games or anything. They didn't like show that, anything yeah. specifically designed for this device. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and even the apps, it was like all the apps that you already have or that are already available will work on this thing in a 2D way, which I actually think is is kind of cool, but it's certainly not what brings me to the yard. Right, I think there are going to be things that this device will be able to do that no other device will be able to do. And I think there's already a whole bunch of augmented reality iPhone things that I find to be very frustrating. And, you know, like measure your house, we'll hold it up and look through and you'll see the, I'm like, but when it's my entire vision, yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely do that. You know, I'll absolutely figure out how to put up the pictures in my hallway using the thing on my face because it's, my hands are free and I'm able to do it. That like that's I yeah. think that is awesome. Um, um for Gustavo in the chat says, Imagine showing up to the fantasy football party and you forgot your headset, so you're just sitting there in silence as your friend's dead eyes look into nothingness <laughs> because there's no more TV anymore. This is uh, the future that liberals yeah. want. Um uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know what though? There'll be a stack of seven Meta Quest threes in the corner that you can just pick from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the most compelling things they did show Jeff um, was they invented the Minority Report holographic viewing thing. 
So when the idea child is not dies, question. you is, can is, relive uh, the memory. Is, is uh, they, they invented the thing that drove Tom Cruise insane in Minority Report? <laughs> that is so awesome fiction lead us <laughs> i've always wanted to record 3d moments and stuff like that but like the only thing that and it looks really cool and that's probably like i think the biggest like if you at, like answer my question like what problem does this solve or like what what feature that people don't already have does this give you 3d recording and the ability to watch 3d uh con- you know videos that you've recorded but I'm not sure if I'm going to go around with my. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, headset. You, you need to 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 use it. You need to. There's a camera built in, and it can capture those memories. There's no way that you're not going to be able to very soon capture those on a regular iPhone. You'll be able Perhaps. to capture 3D video on a regular iPhone and then view it in your Vision Pro. That's 100% going to happen. And you know, yeah. for many you're years, right. you're right. Yeah. Yes, for many years, people have been like. You know, oh man, when you look at old photos and old Polaroids, it looks so old, and that's never going to happen anymore because these are, you know, our images are so high fidelity and and so high resolution. And I've always said, no, my kids are going to look back at their childhood photos and think they're completely archaic because they're in two dimensions. It's gonna, that's what it's gonna be like. They're gonna be like, oh my god, all my old photos, you can only look at them in two dimensions, and <laughs> I'm so old, like. That's what it's going to be. Who's that person outside our window with that headset on? Close, close the blinds. They're filming. <laughs> there, there did, is they, any... did they say storage size? Like, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I feel like that they oftentimes Apple announces like new codec, and some of their stuff is about making it smaller. But that's where like this starts at thirty five hundred dollars, right? I don't know if they're going to make one with cellular connectivity, which is always more expensive on the iPad or on the watch. And how many of these 3D videos, if they're out of fidelity high enough to look great on these over 4K, you know, perceived 4K per eye screen or whatever it is, you film one and it's like headset full. <laughs> did, like, you, oh, man. did you see the words uh, starting at? I can't remember if it said starting at. I think it was starting know. at I think it was starting at 3499. So I think Oof, probably. So does that mean the battery comes with the thirty four ninety nine? Yeah, well, maybe it's like there's different storage sizes too, like different yeah. different battery sizes. Maybe you can get one with the additional battery pack or whatever. But well, the other it, thing that they mentioned is is the that the straps will come in different sizes and shapes. And I'm like, do I got to go into an Apple store and get my head sized for mm-hmm. one of these things? Is that the yeah. process? Well, um, my, my, my fa- there's so many like weird, awkward lines in the presentation. Like we studied thousands of heads yeah i know i joked when we, we were listening we to it i was like thousands of heads to we uh, we we decapitated a lot of people in the office I'll we studied you. you know nose width length cheek size uh lip that, you know inc- that, incline you know like all these phrenology weird, what is that phrenology. leonardo dicaprio yeah. character in uh django unchained yeah, yeah like, basically yeah know. we mandated so, back to office policies and we studied our employees' faces when they came back to the <laughs> yeah. office. Everybody, yeah. I do think, and they mentioned this, I do think that, Jeff, we've talked about this on DLC a lot, like how transformative even current state VR is when you go eyes on with it versus the advertisement yes. that tries to sell it and never does it yes. justice. Right. I do think the Apple Store goes a long way in driving home what this product can be. People are used to going oh, to the Apple yeah, Store yeah. and trying out gadgets and gizmos. Yeah. The staff is almost always 
incredibly well-trained and incredibly patient. Not always. There are gonna be, there's going to be Almost some always. 20-somethings wiping down so many headsets, man. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but as for the storage, they did show that you could put your you could take your computer and put it into the AR, AR environment. So I'm assuming storage could be hooked up to the other, like your iPhone or your MacBook or something yeah. like that. M- Matthias yeah. in the chat speculates your photos will be automatically in the cloud. Storage won't be very much on the headset. I think that's very possible. They also um, didn't show what that uh, tethered battery pack looks like or how no, big it is. I think they, they, showed they did they briefly. Showed um, yeah, yeah they showed it, yeah. It. Uh, it doesn't um, look it doesn't look very nice. <laughs> the, my, it, yeah, go ahead. Jeff. Honestly, my biggest question, functional functionally, is how do it know? <laughs> how do it know when I am making a gesture <laughs> that I want it to remember, as opposed to when I'm reaching out and grabbing something in my room? Like mm-hmm. they showed a person like, delivering the the card, you know, to take yeah, the card, yeah. and I was like, how does it not know that that's a ge- not a gesture? Jeff, it's called machine learning, one of those terms you praised uh, Apple for yeah. early on. It will, it will just know, hopefully. There's no way that I'm just like, I'm scratching my face and it's not like, resize, 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 <laughs> resize. You know? It's very possible. By the way, I wanted to reference this. Uh, have you guys seen this tweet, this viral tweet um, from Alex Blechman, who said, uh, basically he's saying, sci-fi author, in my book, I invented the Torment Nexus as a cautionary tale. And then... <laughs> Tech company. At long last, we've created the Torment Nexus from classic sci-fi novel. Don't create the Torment Nexus. Um, that, that's what the, this reminded me of because, like, if you think about it, the only instances where we've seen like this, hey, recreate your own memories. It's been like in Black Mirror, uh, Minority Report, and Strange Days. Like all these like very like dystopic yeah. stories. No, no, I see no problems. <laughs> you know. To quote Angela Bass, to paraphrase Angela Bassett in Strange Days, memories are supposed to fade. That's why they're designed that way, guys. And, um, you know, I see, I see dark things up ahead for our society if this goes forward as planned. Anyway, yeah, Jeff- I have a question for you. Oh, sorry. Well, I know we're trying to, I know you're trying to wrap, Dave, and I appreciate no, 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 not, what you're doing. I can, I can stay. Uh, Jeff. Do you think no controllers is a big issue aside from that gesture? Like I love haptic feedback on the sense controllers um, on PlayStation VR two. And I think for games like walkabout mini golf or even beat saber, which has existed across headsets, I think Sony's haptics in both the headset and the controllers are additive. And I'm curious your thoughts on like how interacting in a world primarily without controllers. And one side, I think that is a very freeing and also allows you to, quote unquote, take the device with you everywhere. But I'm curious your take on if that's a additive or if that limits what this device can be. Well, my first reaction was I was really worried. Oh, no, no controllers. I do not like no controllers. And then I rethought this. I think, honestly, it shows how Apple is positioning this device as a ubiquitous everyday device and that only one of the things you will do in it is play video games. And in that way, I think it's going to work like iPads and iPhones do now, where it's like, hey, do you want to pick up a controller and play the video game on your Vision Pro uh, like a video game? Pick up the controller. It's more like this is an everyday multi-use computer, and one of the things you'll do with it is use a variety of controllers to play a variety of things that work better with controllers. In the same way that your laptop doesn't come with controllers. 
it, you know, it, it, you would use a Xbox controller or a PS5 controller when you want to play a video game on your laptop. I think that's the idea behind it. And I think that's actually pretty smart. Uh, and I, and so I'm, I'm less worried than I initially was because I agree having used the, uh, the touch and what do they call it? Um, what do they call it on, on quest? The, uh, oh man, what gesture, I guess gesture is what they call it. What, I know that's not what they call it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Having hand, hand used tracking. that, the hand tracking. Thank you. That's what it's called. Hand tracking on quest, which is actually serviceable. It's not ideal. It's, it, it, it works, but it's not how I ever want to be controlling my, my quest. So I'm hoping that they figured out a way to increase the fidelity of that. And I mean, that's a big part of what that presentation was. Like you just sit there casually, move your fingers slightly and it works. And that's why I'm so confused. Like I'm moving my fingers slightly all the time when I don't want things to happen. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how it knows the difference between me wanting something to happen and me not wanting to something to happen when I can that casually do it. So well, that's I think also like looking, also about. looking at the items was also a part of the interaction paradigm, yes. if I recall correctly. Yeah, right? 100%. So that's a, yeah, that's a big deal. Like if they can make it feel seamless, and that's something that Apple has been really good at doing in the past. Like you pick up the phone, you know exactly how to work it. If they can make it feel like, oh, this is extremely natural, that will be huge, right? Like you can yeah. imagine, yeah. Jeff, right? Like if they can make it work without controllers, and it feels like, oh, I'm interacting, and everything's working like it should. That in itself would be an amazing advancement, right? So I agree, hundred percent. They have to have some sort of like external controller ability because, like, they showed people using it as their desktop computer, and I know they showed like having it uh, voice to text or you know to control stuff, but you can't do like if I want to right. video edit. Which, by the way, this would be great for. For us, we travel a lot. We have a YouTube channel that covers our travels. Like to be able to bring this with our laptop and have like a huge screen where we could edit and all this stuff. But I would never want to edit without a keyboard. I'm sure it's well, going to let me that. use the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they showed, showed people that. using they a, showed that? an external keyboard with it. Yeah, but okay. th- but that that is, in my opinion, like one of the more compelling use cases for this device. If it if it is what it is promised, which is. We all love watching things on large screens, right? Like I have a projector. (laughs) I can project an image at 150-inch diagonal. It looks amazing. It feels like I'm in a theater. If this can come even close, like relatively close to replicating what that experience is, that will be amazing. Of course, Jeff, as you pointed out, you'll need to be plugged in the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, that would be like, wow. That like like, People who live in tiny apartments who want like a 150-inch screen, Mm -hmm. this is really, uh, I mean... $3,500 $3,500 is more than a 150-inch screen would cost. It'd probably be the price of a screen and a projector that could project onto it. But you could take it with you anywhere. And So, Dave, yeah. would you sit there with your wife and you're both, like, have headsets yeah. on watching yeah. the same movie? How does that work? How does it, like, I guess it's, it's, it is a singular activity, right? Like, you can't. Well, they'll, they'll, probably share have, play. they'll probably have share, share play, play for it eventually. Yeah, yeah. Right? But, like, at launch. And if you, you know, look over at your wife. Do you see her in the headset, or do you see like her, uh, her virtual avatar? avatar. Her yeah, avatar. probably think... probably a toggle, just back and forth, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. But, oh, but sorry, you... babe, my toggle's broken. You only look <laughs> one way to me now. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I do I, I think know. there are some com- there are some compelling use cases for it. I don't know if they're compelling to like a mass market like 
the person you know, li- who, your neighbor, you know, like, uh, et cetera. Yeah. Um, for the but people I, on this call, like, it's very exciting. But yes, you know, yeah. I am. Th- I think this really does. This is a was a paradigm shift moment. I really do think that Apple did the thing that I had been saying they were going to do for a long time. A lot of people had been saying they were going to do for a long time. In my opinion, which is turn something that had felt hokey and kind of goofy and a lot of people were turned off by just aesthetically and make it look cool and futuristic and yeah. magical, which is what they do. And I think yeah. they, they, for my money, they pulled that off completely. They made it feel like, wow, this really does feel like it's going to change the world. And I suspect it will change the world. Maybe this device not. You yeah. know, I, I don't think they expect to sell iPhone numbers of these, right? This is a very expensive first iteration. But I do think it's going to pave the way for these being as ubiquitous as iPhones at, at some point. Yeah. Um, I think around something like anywhere between 30 and 70 million iPhones are sold per quarter, if I, if I have that roughly correct. Um, and I think they're only, I, I had read a number that they're only planning to sell like 1 million of these approximately, yeah. right? So well, they're going to sell out, yeah. man. They're going to sell out. I know they are. Um, I, I think at the price, I don't know, man, it's pretty high. Like that's, that's pretty, that's not just they like so- entry level. They sold uh, out the porcelain iWatch, right? Didn't they? Yeah. There was the, the, the iWatch edition. You know the Apple edition. You yeah. know that, that was like fifty thousand dollars or something like that. Anyway, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think there's like some really cool stuff, and we haven't really talked about the device itself. But I think what's interesting is we, it's we've never even seen one like that before, like with the like this mesh fabric in the back, kind of like I love that it that, doesn't have cool, the right? the strap over the top. I think that's huge. Yeah, the strap yeah. over the top is really annoying. It messes people's hair up. You don't have that problem, Dave, but Others of us do. Wow. Really good. And, low, uh, blow, Jeff. low blow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a benefit for you. Uh, but I, I, I think that's smart. I, I love how it's made of, you know, a single thing of glass. Like it's a, yeah. it looks like it's beautiful. I don't know. I'm yeah. John Barry in the chat says they only sold less than 2 million original iPhones. So it's comparable. And yeah, I, I think it is going to be similar to like um, Apple watch where like when they launched Apple watch, they didn't know what it would be. They're like, here's a bunch of random stuff on a watch. And then over time, it's now like a really great fitness device. Um, this thing is probably going to find its purpose over time. Someone's going to build some wild and amazing app for it. That's going to be like, this yep. is why people should get this. Um, and today was the start of making sure that happens. So, yeah, I think another yeah. thing that was dumb when it was launched, or a lot of people mocked uh, a more recent example is uh, AirPods. Like pe- there were people yeah. kickstarting cords for them. It's like, you're going to lose them. You just got these things shoved in your ear. And now it's not uncommon to watch, you know, national TV show where the sideline reporter or the person on the street is using AirPods, like just one AirPod, like the idea that used to mock people like the, Oh, the one Bluetooth guy, you know, always on the call, that gal running around. And now it's like everyone all the time. Like I live near a high school, kids walking with each other to school, all of them with headphones in still talking to each other. I mean, that is what this device is setting us on the course for with that style of headset. And so, yeah, it seems weird and yeah. silly and kind of stupid now. And soon I won't be looking at Jeff's actual eyes. Cause someone will sell, you know, like the cyberpunk yeah. reaction eyes or whatever so it sick is. Of you it's, looking at my actual eyes, Christian sick of it. I, Stop try, looking not at my actual- I, I try not to. Yeah. I like That's what funny. Uh, pr- that, proving, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Yep. I was just saying that, that aspect of it, that they're conscious of what the, 
outside people are seeing. Yeah. And that, yeah. that moment where it transitions between I'm looking at you and now I'm looking at the virtual reality world inside it, that is such a sci-fi moment yes. where it like goes warm and it like turns into that cool silvery like i'm like that is badass i agree <laughs> if it can be if it can be executed like yeah. they described that's so cool the idea that it like will know when you're talking with other people and will like fade out it's like have you guys seen those like pro- like frosted security glass in um mm-hmm. conference mm-hmm. rooms that you can like turn on yeah. or off yeah. It's like that kind of thing, but for your eyes, it's amazing. By the way, I like what Mike Aparicio said about that scenario where me and my wife are watching movies with the um with the Vision Pro. It'd be seven th- it'd be paying seven thousand dollars to not look at your wife. That's kind of what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you'd be doing oh. there. Or for her not to look at you, which might be yeah. you know, worth it for me. I don't know. Yeah. Don't look uh, at me. I'm watching my shows. So uh, here's a question, uh, and Jeff, maybe we can close out on this unless you have a, a different uh, thing you want to discuss. But um, if you did not cover this in some way for your work, so I guess you know, I, I guess there's a pretty good argument for like me, J- Jeff, and Christian. Less so for Peter, maybe still. But you know, if you did not cover this for your work, let's say you're just a civilian, you weren't a content creator. Um, would you pay thirty five hundred dollars to own one of these? Uh, that's a. T- I mean, it's yeah. a. It's a very high price tag. It's yeah. a very very high price tag. It's absurd. It's an absurd <laughs> price tag. <laughs> it's absurd. F those people. F those. Yes. For, F them for asking for this much money. Starting at how dare they? How dare they? Starting at, um, I am not typical. In that I live for this stuff, right? I live for this Jeff is special. Jeff is special. The reason I do this for a living is because I would be the guy that would, right? I am – one of my biggest complaints over the last however many years, and this is, you know, a ridiculous first world problem, but is we haven't had a moment like this. We've had these Apple presentations. We all still line up and watch them, and they're like, this one has – three cameras on it and this one you know it's like the first part of this presentation was like it's got sticky emojis they're gonna change the world and it's like uh, (laughs) i want i have yearned for that thing that used to happen every time where apple would walk on stage you know the representative of apple would walk on stage and change the world and it would feel like magic it would be like i can't believe i'm living in the reality where this is a real thing that I can buy. So I love the romance of that. I love the science fiction, you know, the, the, that idea that I, that the world can be, this is what I pony up my dollars for. But again, I'm not typical. Hmm. My answer, Dave is uh, I didn't buy an iPhone until I got a three GS. And I think that'd be the same for this. Like, I, I'm super excited about it. I'd want to track it. I'd want to go over to Jeff's house or my friend's house who had one. But I'd wait for you, that. You freeload off of Jeff Canada, which we all do. Yeah, to, he, we all do to some degree. So that's fine. He moved. It used to be easier. I'd be like, oh, look, I went strawberry picking. Here's some strawberries. Let me play with your VR toys. Um, and now he's like, yeah, flew hey, across the country. In my defense, um, they were delicious strawberries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And so I, I, there used to be the old you know, adage of like never buy a car in its first model year and never buy a first-gen Apple product. And I think 
if I wasn't covering this stuff, and I'm still not decided if I'm going to buy it, but I do think this is the first presentation I've seen that is selling the masses on this technology. None of the other presentations I think have, have made that leap. And so that's why I'm most excited about what Apple is showing with the vision pro. I, I have an answer. Uh, you know, even before I ran a movie website, I had a projector where I, wad- I wanted to watch movies on a big screen in my home. So I feel like even before I was a content creator or a movie website owner, this would be compelling to me to be able to watch a screen as big as an IMAX theater in my home or watch it wherever I am on a plane or whatever. The price, I probably might might have waited for second generation, though. Yeah, I just... If they can do what they promise, I actually think this device is worth it. But I... I just have a feeling you're going to put it on. It's going to cover like 50% of your peripheral vision. It's going to be heavy. The prescription glasses aren't going to work quite right. You know, like I just have this feeling that maybe it's not going to be quite what it was promised. I'm kind of aligned with Christian that I I want to wait for them to work out all the kinks before I slap down $3,500 for this thing. But it's it's a very, very exciting time. Like there's a reason, you know, I don't do this for every – one of the Apple things uh, we want to talk with you guys and Jeff and so on, because it's like, maybe we just saw technology change. Maybe this is going to be when like a smartphone, like uh, this, the smartphone has taken over our lives for the last like 20 years. And maybe this is going to be of that caliber one day. Um, Honestly, if they had, if they had opened pre-orders immediately, I would have plunked down my money. Uh, I, I wonder if the, 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 the cold, harsh light of reality is going to shine in between now and 2024 and it'll feel less, less like a gotta have it, uh, device, uh, in, in that time. And I, I wonder if that'll actually, you know, hurt, <laughs> hurt them. <laughs> They're not like, you can buy it now. <laughs> uh, a few quick comments I just want to read. Uh, Gary Yarbrough says, I used to call into Jeff's newest, latest, best show on, on Anchor to talk about VR in 2017. We have finally arrived, Jeff. So I agree. Yes. A, a big moment. Uh, Scott Hughes in the chat says, Civilian here. I agree, uh, fully agree it's absurd, and I'm looking for any excuse to get this. Being able to make yeah. 3D videos of my kids doing stuff might be the feature that makes a Gen 1 a necessary purchase. So a lot, a lot of people, imagine Agreed. being able to relive all those memories. In your empty apartment, as you think about whether or not to file a minority report, um, and uh, yeah, uh, and Gary also says uh, this feels like Apple Watch Edition Zero. Think about that; they retroactively call the very first Apple Watch Edition Zero because the next update they came out with was Edition One and Edition Two. So maybe this is just the first draft of uh, of history. So anyway, Jeff, any any closing thoughts? You want to take us out? Sure. Uh, thanks, uh, fellas, for being here and doing this. I, I do think this is going to be uh, one of those things we look back on in however many years and can. I wish I had a recording of me having watched the debut of the iPhone, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and here I think we have that moment uh, solidified in carbonite. Uh, for for all you know it's going to be only two-dimensional so yeah. nobody's going to watch it in 10 yeah. years but uh at least we have it they'll have you know? 3d 3d vision pro up conversion in the future so they can <laughs> yeah. convert you this know. youtube video into 3d and you can yeah. watch it hey, hold on then let me get some flexes <laughs> in so christian spice is flexing his his guns right now the biceps. only other thing i will i will say not to open a whole can of worms <laughs> that you don't have time for but the only other last tidbit that i will Throw out there, and Christian, we already had this conversation uh, on on paid DLC, I believe. Um, is you know, 
I think we've seen how easy it is to make, uh, to have AI generated uh, 2D images, still images. It is, it's become trivial to make anything you can imagine be a lifelike realistic image because you give a prompt to an AI. That is happening very, very quickly with video as well. I think in months, not years, it will be trivial to make any video you want from a prompt look realistic. And the next step after that is fully 3D environments. You just give a prompt to an AI and it creates a fully 3D environment. And you mir- you uh, marry that with this technology and all of a sudden, all of us can make our environments look and feel however we want day to day. You want to live on, you want to be on Hoth or in Middle Earth or wherever, uh, just speak it out loud and the AI will generate it and then it will look like that indistinguishable from reality. I think that's a pretty compelling thing for an entire generation of kids that are going to live where that's normal. Maybe that's dystopian, yeah. but I think it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> I, I like how I like how it's basically if the best case scenario happens, which is this technology is actually able to immerse you, then we get the dystopian future. You know, like yeah, yeah. that's the that's best the case, reward. Worst case. That's the best case. Yeah, <laughs> if it you know the the you know uh, possible more likely cases that we never achieve that level of immersion, but if we do, we get Ready Player One at last. So you know, well for Jeff though, it's also Hoth. Like you didn't pick Coruscant or uh, <laughs> any of the wonderful. Yeah. Not Coruscant yeah. or Naboo, you know. It's yeah. Um, yeah. just sitting out you there in the cold. Hoth. As the AT-ATS approach. You know, the base they had to hide in because it was the only place so remote they would never be found. Where every day was misery. Hey, yeah. you you think my VR headset smells bad on the outside? All right, folks. Well, uh, if you are watching or listening to this, you're watching it at youtube.com slash Dave Chensky. Thanks to the uh, around 400 people that have been watching live or so this entire time. And you can also listen to the podcast version of this at DLC. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever for DLC with Kristen Spicer and Jeff Kanata. And of course, check out Ordinary Adventures at youtube.com slash Ordinary Adventures. Gents, been a pleasure. See you for Vision Pro Gen 1 slash 2, whenever that comes out. All right. All right. Be well. Ending broadcast.